This is Unscripted, a podcast by St. Aldate's Church. Listen along as Simon Ponsonby encourages us to dig into Scripture in the midst of our everyday lives. So take a moment to recenter your attention and welcome the presence of God as we listen to these ancient words. Hello, saints. Welcome back to Unscripted. We're in Ephesians chapter 5 and we're at verse 5. We've been thinking about this immoral life that Paul challenges the Ephesian church on not to participate in. And then this immoral speech, not to be those who are communicating in. And then he says this, that was an imperative. And then here's the indicative. Here's the reason why. He says, this you can be sure of, no immoral or impure or greedy person, such a person is an idolater, has any inheritance and in the kingdom of Christ and of God. I mean, this is a bit of a shocker. This is strong stuff. We're not used to thinking like this. Even in church, we're not used to to conceiving and discussing or hearing preach these sort of thoughts. Paul in Ephesians 5 verse 3 has talked about the immorality and impurity and greed that shouldn't be there in the church, but that reflects the culture of Ephesus. And here he's saying the reason why this shouldn't be present. He says it's because such people, people who are marked by this, people whose mode of being is this, will not inherit anything in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Note that he links the kingdom of Christ and of God, puts the two together. They are inseparable. The kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God is the kingdom of Christ. And it's by looking to Christ and loving him that we get to live forever in his kingdom and we'll have an inheritance, a glorious one there. But Paul is saying that there are some who are not going to get it. And He's saying that you can see who those are. They are those who persist in immorality and impurity and in greed. And he says greed is idolatry. The constant covering and coveting and craving for more has made an idol of that thing. We might be inclined to a sort of scale of sin. It's unusual for us to think of greed in the same terms as sexual immorality. We might think greed is a lesser one, but Paul doesn't. Sin is a sin. And here's a warning. If you live like that, you won't find a home in heaven. You know, the Lord Jesus has really low moral standards. He'll save anyone. He'll befriend anyone. And he loves everyone regardless of how sinful they are. In one sense, he has really low moral standards. In fact, Jesus only saves sinners. He only saves those who are sinful. And he came to save sinners. But he also has a high moral standard, those who he will spend forever in heaven, in the kingdom of God with, are those who do not persist in sin. He doesn't want to spend forever with people in heaven who just want to spend their time sinning. 
You know, I've heard people, Christian leaders, say, God doesn't care what you do in your bedroom. God doesn't care who you sleep with in the privacy of your bedroom. God doesn't care about what you do with your physical members. He's got more important things. I've heard that and I've read that. I've heard it from those outside of the church and I've heard it from those within the church, but it's nonsense. It's simply a lie. God really does care. He cares what we do with our bodies. He cares what we do in our, with our hearts, with our minds. He cares what we do with our mouths. He cares what we do. And it's not incidental. He's not indifferent to this. And sex is a very important thing to God. He made it. He made it good and beautiful. And he made it for a context. He set it as a jewel in a crown. But that crown is marriage. And outside of that, it falls short of his desire. It falls short of his plan. It's not what it should be, and it's not what it could be. But here he's addressing a category of people. He's addressing those who live immoral lives, who live impure lives, and who live greedy lives, and he cares about that. Those who persist in these things will not find a, a home in heaven. The wonderful thing is, though, that there is grace, and grace is always being extended. This sounds like a warning, but it is also an invitation to turn to Him, to come to Him, to bring your sin to Him, to bring your addiction to Him, to bring your sexual brokenness to Him, and in Him to find forgiveness and cleansing and freedom and mercy and grace and salvation and a new beginning. Someone actually came up to me on Sunday having read this verse and they were feeling uh, concerned on whether this was sort of to be applied to anyone who might have, you know, a rude thought or uh, an unclean thought or, uh, you know, a sexual desire. I said, of course not. No, it's natural to have desire. That's natural. And what often people think are unclean thoughts are actually natural thoughts because it's the way that God has wired us to desire. But there is a place for us to find fulfillment, fulfillment in that. And that is in marriage as God intended. But those who persist in immoral acts and impure thoughts and in greed, who continue and continue resisting and refusing grace, resisting grace and refusing to turn, then there's a warning over them that there is no inheritance in the kingdom of God. This is a real strong word. Sits so uncomfortably in our culture, but I bet it sat even more uncomfortably when Paul wrote it to the church in Ephesus, which was infamous or famous around the world for its prostitution. And Paul is saying, no. And it was radical to them 
and it's radical for us today. But grace is extended to us to, re- to receive, and to respond, and to step into a new way of life. And it really is possible to be transformed. <laughs>